So, Robert, it's four years since I interviewed you for the BBC Radio 4 programme I did about trust. What have you been up to here at Jericho in the last four to five years? Well, we've been putting some of the, the initial theories that were there in my book and also in, in our, our, our early conversations into practice. And what started off as uh, an experiment uh, and then was refined through learnings has now become a very strong proposition based around new operating principles of activism, participation, accountability and dissent. And we've taken that as a sort of platform, as operating principles as a platform, and created really impactful programs for clients like KPMG, the Go Ahead Group, the Building Research Establishment, CIPD, CAPCO and others, uh, into programs and coalitions around good work, responsible tax, ideas to build a better Britain, moving the city for good, stuff on charity and philanthropy, adult social care, uh, and a caring society with Grant Thornton. So what we have now is uh, a proven model, if you like. Uh, we've built communities of, of change, communities of influence and impact that range in scale from three or 400 experts to some 1,500 experts, which is our largest, and a Jericho community of over 5,000, whom we consult on a regular basis in order to get towards meaningful change. And at the heart of this is our commitment to a better society and the common good. Now, let's talk about three projects in particular. Firstly, the fair tax, one that you've been working on for a long while with KPMG. Then we'll talk about the future of work, which you've done with the CIPD, the Chartered Institute of Personnel Development. And finally, the work you've done about the future of the built environment in the UK with building research establishments. So let's start with tax, which, as always, is extraordinarily topical with the latest news from the OECD about looking again at international tax rates for huge corporates. Tell us about the origins of the tax project with KPMG and what it's achieved over recent years. Well, if anyone cast their mind back five or six years, we'll recall just how much uh, in the spotlight the big four advisory firms were on tax. Um, and uh, Margaret Hodge in particular, then chairman of the Public Accounts Committee, uh, was on the warpath. And so the, their licence to operate was really under threat, and KPMG was not alone in that. Um, Jane McCormick, the global head of tax, as she now is at, at KPMG, recognised this and wanted to do something about it. But what we decided upon was not a campaign that was led by communications, which was like, let's tell you we're not as bad as you think we are, but was actually really understanding what the purpose of tax was. And, and we did a piece of work that ended up with this idea of tax being the entry fee that we all pay for a civilised society. Without taxes, there can't be any roads, schools, hospitals, and so on. And what we've done since then is build a global coalition, now 1,500 experts, corporates, policymakers, activists, campaigners, Margaret Hodge herself, uh, Global North and Global South, to really interrogate this issue about responsible tax and to, 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 to co-create, co-design, if you like, the Responsible Tax Project, to look at the real areas of concern, whether it's corporate taxation in the digital world or whether it's the developing world issues or indeed what to tax um, and better policy has emerged as a result and five years on uh, excuse me for being quite geeky on this but five years on kpmg now has not a license to operate but really a license to lead in this space and is a major contributor to responsible tax thinking at the oecd the united nations the world economic forum the imf the world bank and so on so from tax to the future of work and the cipd the Chartered Institute of Personnel Development. How did that begin and what, what has that achieved over the years you've been running that? 
good work or the future of work as human is a is a huge proposition and 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 we hear it talked about everywhere especially now in people's obsession about ai and and automation the consequences for the old industrial economy but in a way the, the project that started off being called future work as human and is now being sort of moved on as as good work really spoke to this again jericho principle that we, we can't solve 21st century problems with 20th century approaches. Um, and so there has been a whole shift in the nature, authority, relevance uh, of large organisations, whether they are employee organisations, employer organisations, uh, political parties, or whatever. So the Future Work is Human started as a conversation with the CIPD CEO, Peter Cheese, around you know, how do we not impose more rules in the workplace, but actually come up with better principles. And, and Peter is a, a very strong Aristotelian and Platonic thinker, and so he was very keen uh, uh, to sort of to reestablish or reassert some of those sort of classical values around fairness and, and, and prudence um, and wisdom in the workplace. Um, and, and the future work as human really spoke to this fact that, to paraphrase a colleague of ours, Indy Johar, we didn't want to be producing a, a generation of human bad robots, because in the end, if we did that, the robots would win because they'd always be uh, more efficient and potentially more effective. We wanted to reestablish you know, the humanity at work and the fact that sort of collaboration through humanity is a really important driver of productivity. So so the CIPD, uh, I think for them, it was a question of, of inquiry, but also one of, of relevance, uh, also one of sort of thought leadership, uh, also one of bringing together voices to have a conversation that escaped the usual echo chambers. And again, this, like, like Responsible Tax, like some of our other projects, by bringing a whole range of voices quite often quite unexpected voices with different perspectives into the conversation. We were able to be generative in the way that we went about our work and build you know, very different policies and very different ideas. And as with responsible tax and as with we'll come on to talk about the built environment, we're talking about policies that now have airtime uh, in what, what used to be called the corridors of power. They probably should be now called the corridors of paralysis uh, in this sort of post-referendum, pre-Brexit world. So I'd like to bring in Becky Holloway, our programme director here, at Jericho to talk about the BRE, the Building Research Establishment Roadshow, which is what it was over the course of a year, Becky. And you were the mastermind behind organising that in so many cities around the UK. What what were we trying to achieve there? So from our initial sort of scoping session at the start of the programme, um, our mandate from those experts was you know get out of london speak to everyone see what's really happening um and the idea was obviously to you know go across the country and look at the issues that are affecting the country as a whole but deep dive into those localized issues that affect cities and places uniquely you know we really went through such a cross-section we went to coventry manchester edinburgh wales belfast to really get a sense of what's happening in those places and it was absolutely fascinating going from our sort of core nucleus of 16 people and then growing by word of mouth and recommendations and you know our own internal research to a group of over sort of 500 across the country and it was really just finding the the right mix of local politicians um, local charities and ngos house builders academics think tanks who were really working in those places and knowing the unique issues that were happening to those people what was interesting when we came to the end of the year was 
not the diversity of opinions, which of course there was there, but how there were so many common factors and there was so much agreement that the system is in so many ways broken. You know, we need a third of a million new homes every year. We're not getting them. And I got a very strong sense from many of the people, nearly all of the people that we met, that the experts, if you like, in those areas know very well what has to be done. And there's a strong sense in which if they could be allowed to get on with it, then they could make things better than they are at the moment. Yes, and I think what's come up, and it comes across actually almost all Jericho programmes, wherever the issue is raised, that localism is, is so important. People really know what they want to do in their own local space. And there is a sense of frustration to 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 break through those you know barriers and actually get a little bit more control because they know what's happening and they know the people and they've talked about it a lot and they really want something to be done. I think Becky is exactly right. Great ideas exist outside of the traditional hierarchies. Um, and I think one of the things we've been very successful in doing, whether it's on tax or adult social care, good work, transport, uh, charity and philanthropy is actually bringing new voices to the table who have these ideas and giving them airtime and then taking them back to both uh, the decision makers and indeed the policy makers. I think what's really important is, is that that's not just about external stakeholders, it's about internal communities as well. Lots of great ideas exist within organisations that are not given enough time or space to breathe. And so Jericho, through our programs and coalitions for both internal communities and external communities, has created that environment, that space, if you like, for these ideas to flourish. Uh, and that leads to, to meaningful change. And the trust dial, which direction is that moving in at the moment? Well, trust, a bit like purpose, is, is one of the most you know, overused and overabused words in the English language. Um, and uh, uh, exciting news coming soon about a, a, a new book project that we'll be launching in 2020 around the subject of trust, more on that anon. Um, but unfortunately, trust is still used uh, as lazy proxy by an awful lot of business and political leaders uh, as a way of explaining uh, shit gone wrong elsewhere. And what they fail to understand is that more often than not, the crisis of trust is a crisis of leadership. And it's masking their own shortcomings or those of their organisations in really addressing the issues that drive challenges of trust, whether it's powerless, exclusion, uh, social injustice. And of course, these are the same sorts of factors that lead to the rise of populism and the emergence of anyone from sort of uh, Nigel Farage to Donald Trump.